got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Well, if you want to sugarcoat that trash somehow, you got the wrong show, player. You know where to go and where to find that nonsense. You ain't going to find it from me. That was about as bad as it gets. The Sacramento Kings lose their fifth straight game. They are now 0-5 on the season, falling this time to the Charlotte Hornets, 118-111. to Here's some bad news if you weren't able to pick this up during tonight's broadcast. The Charlotte Hornets are not a good basketball team. Not by any stretch of the imagination. They weren't actually a good basketball team tonight. That should tell you how bad the Sacramento Kings are. Two basketball teams went at it for 48 minutes on my television. I missed uh, Rockets and the uh, Wizards scoring 317 points. I had to watch that on my computer. Uh, I missed the Washington Nationals winning the World Series. I had to watch that in a little box because I had to watch two sorry-ass basketball teams play each other. And good for the Sacramento Kings to stand up and and say, hey, we are a king of the sorry-ass basketball teams. Because if you've got another word for them, please let me know what it is. If you have another way to describe the Sacramento Kings right now, please let me know what it is. Because sorry-ass basketball team is about the only thing that I can come up with. Hey, but the good news is we got Rashawn Holmes. It's about the only thing going right for the Sacramento Kings right now. Kings fans wanted Rashawn Holmes to start. He did. But that's about all that changed. You know, all of those, all of the, all of that positive energy, what did Luke Walton say on the last podcast? What did he say immediately following the Denver Nuggets game? There's no momentum. There's no building blocks if you don't do something with it the next game. Well, guess what, Luke? You didn't do anything with it the next game. All, all, all of the building blocks, all, all of the work that you put in defensively against the Denver Nuggets, against Nikola Jokic and, and, and all of those guys over there, Jamal Murray, all of that work that you laid the, the, the foundation for just a couple of days ago. All of that, it, it, it led to nothing. By your own words, it led to absolutely nothing because you weren't able to translate that into something meaningful the next game. All of that ball movement we saw against Denver, gone. All of those positives that everybody was saying, okay, this is so much better. Look at the assist total. Hell, I was doing that crap too. Shame on me. I, was, I say, look, look at the ball movement. Look at the assist to basket ratio. Limited turnovers. Hey, there's some positive to take away from here. And there was some positive to take away from there. There was more positive to take away from that loss than there has been anything uh, else this season. Now sit down, please, and tell me what the positive to take away from tonight's game is. How you want to spin this one? What's Luke Walton going to say when he goes to the podium here in a couple of minutes? How else are you going to look at this? Utah Jazz kicked the crap out of the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. Guess where they're going to be? Oh, yeah, they're going to beat the Golden 1 Center on Friday. I'm sure it'll go much better than the last time the Kings saw the Utah Jazz. I told you, I told you it was dangerous to do these podcasts immediately following the game, but I don't know how to sugarcoat this nonsense. I, I don't know what you want me to say about this team. All of these playoff aspirations, all of that stuff, now I just got aspirations for them to win a game. Again, they got the Jazz coming up on Friday. They're going to get on a plane. They're going to head to New York City. You can think whatever you want about the Knicks. I've watched about a game and a half of theirs. They're better. They're not intimidating, but they're better. They've got certainly a better array of talent there. They're coached better than the Sacramento Kings are, and that's where all of this is going to come back to, right? Because we've got Buddy Heald. We've got De'Aaron Fox. You've got Harrison Barnes now for an entire season. you got Bogdan Bogdanovich, and it's like, well, wait a minute. 
What's different? Well, Willie's gone. That shouldn't be that big of a deal. What's different? Ah, Luke Walton is different. Luke Walton is the guy that Vlade had his eye on probably for the last month and a half of the season last year. It was the last month and a half of the season where we started to really feel like, I don't think Dave Yeager's coming back. It was just a couple of weeks before the season ended that it was clear to us. It was clear to anybody around the team. Yeah, it doesn't look like Dave Yeager's coming back. And the only name that we ever heard associated with the Sacramento Kings was Luke Walton. I didn't want to believe it. All I kept thinking, man, oh, man, Monty Williams is out there. At least interview Monty Williams. At least talk to him. Like he, his style, everything that he does would fit perfectly with the Sacramento Kings roster. And Kings fans, you should be very familiar with that because you saw Monty Williams in game one. Oh, by the way, how are the Phoenix Suns doing right now? Yeah, not, not, not too bad. Not too bad at all. And that's their coach. They're doing it without DeAndre Ayton, by the way. But that's their coach. That's Monty Williams. His philosophy fit everything that the Sacramento Kings wanted to do perfect, but, but nope. No. Luke Walton was the guy. No interviews, no nothing. Luke Walton amicably splits. From the Los Angeles Lakers and just heads up I-5 and now is the head coach of the Sacramento Kings uh, a split second later. Hey, but at least coach and the players get along, right? That's that's a, that's what everybody was so concerned about last year. Dave Yeager doesn't have a relationship with Buddy Heald. He doesn't have a, 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 a relationship with De'Aaron Fox. He doesn't have a relationship with these guys. No one was even sad that he was gone. Yeah. Good. They can all go out and hang out together. Cool. I'm, I'm glad. I hope I hope everyone's happy. I hope Luke's happy and, and De'Aaron is happy and Buddy's happy because everybody says the right things. Post-game, everybody's all fired up and we've got to be better and we've got to do this and you go to practices and everybody's saying the right thing. It's just, you know, when the game starts, nobody's doing the right thing. Everybody's talking about ball movement and spacing and all this other stuff. How much isolation ball was there in the fourth quarter? It's like the Kings went down and they immediately started thinking, oh, let's just play isolation ball because that works. That's gone really well for them this year. Bogey's forgotten how to shoot or, or either that or he, he left his uh, jump shot in the World Cup. He was 4-14 tonight, 211 from three. But he was 7 of 16 from three, took 16 threes. I wonder how many of those he tried to create himself. He got into a little, he got into what it looked like was going to be a, a rhythm that, that, that was going to be impactful to start the game. I mean, the, second, the, the, the game started, I mean, the Sacramento Kings, they found themselves in a quick hole. They were down six. But as I mentioned, Rashawn Holmes, who, by the way, Rashawn Holmes started, Golden One Center erupted for him. They saved him for last. They, they, this is our guy. We love everything about him. We love his energy. We love the way that he plays. He is everything that we want at that position. He is everything that we want uh, in the Sacramento Kings and everybody uh, in a Sacramento Kings uniform. From He's everything that we want from a player in a Sacramento Kings uniform. And the Golden One Center let him know about it. And then they introduced Luke Walton. And you could hear little pockets of booze. I'm very anxious to see what Luke Walton's introduction is going to sound like on Friday when they take on the Utah Jazz. But but the game gets started, and the Kings go down six real quick, but Rashawn Holmes, he gets going again. You felt his presence, uh, and you felt it early. The Kings went on a 12-0 run. They ultimately went up 12. Uh, then they went back down. They took a three-point lead into the second quarter, and this is where things kind of open up for the Sacramento Kings, and you're kind of sitting back thinking, all right. It went up 14 with about 7.51 to go. They were 51% from the field. They had made eight three-pointers. And it's like, okay, here we go. There's, there's, 
I don't think Charlotte is a good basketball team. And again, I don't care how badly the Hornets beat the Kings. They're still not a good basketball team, which tells you everything that you need to know about the Sacramento Kings. But I'm watching Charlotte play like, uh, all right, like they're not good, but that's okay. Like the Kings are playing them and you've got to beat the teams that are in front of you. And I think they had like a 13, 14 point lead at, at some point. And then the Hornets went on a 12-2 run. That got them with them three. The Kings wound up taking a, a five-point lead into the locker room. And, and then along came the third quarter. Kings fans across the area holding their breath. Before we get to the third quarter, 36 points from the Kings starting front court. 16 of 23 shooting. They had 41 points uh, from the front court when you count the bench. So their bigs that have been so absent uh, had been, uh, they had established themselves there in the first half. But again, the third quarter has to be played. And you knew where it was going. No one wanted to believe that it was going to happen, but it did. We'll examine the third quarter in just a moment. Here's Luke Walton. It's important uh, for our group right now that we really, we really stick together. Um, I hope they can see that, you know, even though we still haven't found a way to win a game, the work they're putting in is is going to lead them, uh, lead us to uh, be able to win at a consistent level. It just we we haven't we haven't been able to put it together yet. So. Um, I thought we had a lot of good shots today. I'll check the film out when I get home uh, that we didn't make. And, and then again, it was uh tale of two halves. Third quarter killed us. We won three of the four quarters. Uh, another halftime lead playing well enough. And, and uh, you know, I really thought it, the guys were locked in. We the, Only five turnovers at the half. And then we finished with 15. So it's, you know, we have to understand this is a 48-minute game. And... Uh, it, you know, the, the mentality that it takes to, to play through, uh, you know, ups and downs in, in, in an entire game like that. So, uh, unfortunate loss. Um, but that team played very well. They shot the lights out. And we didn't, you know, we didn't make the plays we had to to, to win a game. Luke, Katie Hunter, Kings TV. Um, sometimes when you're struggling offensively, you can use your defense to kind of, get you going, get that spark plug, that energy, create those fast break points. When you're struggling like you were in the third quarter, is there any um, kind of uh, prompting on your part to pick up full court, to change something defensively, anything like that to kind of steer them in the direction of creating their own energy, which seems to be that third quarter lull? Yeah, um, and we've we've talked about it. We've worked on it a little bit. Um, But, you know, that, that... it's it's a, when a team's shooting as well as that team is when you start blitzing and you start trying to pick up full and, and that's kind of how that team wants to play um as a that's a you know that can backfire really quickly but yeah that's um something we've discussed and, and something we've worked on as far as blitzing and full rotations and, and trying to speed the game up even more is there any concern with that? I'm just trying to figure it out because we see sometimes a player or two do it here and there. Um, is there a concern because of the pace you guys want to play at that maybe picking up full court or things like that it 
are even more problems. The pace that they're absolutely not playing at, but sorry. Is there a concern for what, for, for our, of, our, our uh, defense? The amount of energy you're putting out yeah. to pick up full court. <laughs> we speak about this pace. It's totally fictitious because it's not happening. Like we're speaking about something that happened last year. It's not happening anymore. The Kings don't have pace. They're one of the slowest teams in the league. What is she talking about? What is he talking about? With our defense in the first half. And then it just, you know, the low man, like we start the game, Harrison makes a great rotation from the low spot. And as the game goes on, we just, we are, we just keep kind of, maybe it's fatigue, um, but we get away from all those, those uh, things that we're working on that are, that are making us a better team. And, uh, you know, it, it's, that, that's still kind of the, the priority of what we're trying to do is, is understand the point that uh, you got to be able to get stops in this league. And uh, tonight was another example of when you don't get stops, it's tough to win. Luke, Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. Obviously, you probably noticed some of the fans voice some frustration. I'm sure that's pretty understandable. What would you just say to those people who are, you know, booing at the end of the game? Yeah, I mean, it's they, they want to see their team win. I get it. Um, but I can I can promise them this, that our, our, our players are in there working every day. Our coaching staff is staying up all night, uh, you know, working on the, the, this process and, and trying to get. Hey, sorry, we suck, guys, but we work really hard and and build winning, uh, winning habits. So, hey, go drop about one hundred and fifty dollars on a ticket, forty dollars for parking and about seventy five dollars at the concession stands so you can come watch us work really hard. It'll, it'll get done. And lose. Am NBC Sports. Um, on the offensive end, you guys are shooting 46 three pointers tonight. Seems like the default setting is almost to shoot threes and not take the ball inside on a lot of possessions. Uh, is that something that you need to have a conversation about? About maybe pulling it in and, and trying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I'll watch the tape, but I feel just. I mean, I feel like we had a lot of open looks from three but I know what you're saying and I agree you know that's kind of the message during the timeouts is like look the other teams on they're up eight there's nine minutes to go this is let's not start you know just throwing up threes like we're desperate you know we still would prefer to get to the paint which is what I thought we did in the first half we did a nice job of um we did a nice job of collapsing the paint and then kicking out when they rotated which is what we want to do so yeah we 47 what at 46 is probably a little aggressive um, but I do think that the way we're trying to play we want to shoot threes we feel like we have great three-point shooters now we're not making shots right now so maybe uh, you know in the meantime we can cut that back but to your point yes when things get tough it feels it feels like we're we're trying to shoot too many of them instead of get to the line get to the paint get an easy one slow momentum down um, but that's something that we're you know we're working with the players on Coach Matt George, KHDK, back-to-back rough shooting nights for both Bogdanovich and uh, Buddy Heald. Are you and their teammates encouraging them to just try and shoot their way through it and get through the slump that way, or are they? is their shot selection something that you would want to see improve? We talked to uh, all our guys. We felt like that was a, you know, a place we could get better um, is, is shot selection. And... You know, when you're when you're when you shoot the ball as well as they do, you you always feel like you're open. Um, He's not saying anything, and it's annoying the crap out of me. That was actually a really good question by Matt George. There, 
there were a couple of plays. There were actually a number of plays. We saw Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich, too. Both of them playing in the isolation form. It started in the third quarter. It continued into the fourth, which was where this game really opened up. Kings took a... a, a, a uh, a, a nice little lead there in the second, a small little lead into halftime, and then they completely blew it in the third quarter, as you absolutely knew that they would. But that's when you saw ISO ball start, and that's it, it continued into the fourth quarter, and you saw, you saw. I mean, Buddy was taking shots three feet away from the from from the from the three point line. Bogdan Bogdanovich was doing the same, and this was after these guys were trying to create their own shot. Buddy and Bogdan, you guys are not shot creators. I'm not the basketball expert. You guys do this for a living. Hey, uh, who who be it for me to say that? you don't strike me as guys who should create their own shots. Uh, Buddy, you just got paid off of one year of what you did last season. You got paid off of one good year in the NBA. And you didn't create your own shot last year. So where's the problem here? Is it the offense? Because we're all so focused on pace you just you just heard Katie and, and Luke having some some like some exchange about this this elusive pace that they're talking about, which they haven't implemented at any point yet this season. We have not seen the Sacramento Kings run at all this season, but we're still talking about pace. We're talking about this team in the past tense. We want to believe that it's the team. It's not only the team of of of, of last season. It's the team of the last what like forty games last season. They were bad at the end of last year. Uh, Jason Jones brought this up. But their last 30 games, the Kings are 9-21. and 9-21 and 21 over their last 30 games. We're holding on to something we saw at the beginning of last year with a different coach and a different supporting cast. This clearly isn't the same team. They're not coach. It's not, again, I, sa- I said this before. It's not like the Kings are losing 138 to 135 every night. It's not like everything that we we have seen from the Sacramento Kings last year, it's not like it's still there and they're just still a poor defensive team. No, it's all gone to hell. They still can't play defense and they don't run. They don't do anything. They are, in every sense of the word, the boringest team in the NBA. And in an NBA that includes the Cleveland Cavaliers, they might be the worst. They might be the worst team in the NBA. Goodness gracious. They were outscored, by the way, as we went to that Luke Walton press conference. They were outscored 32-18 to 18 in the third quarter. They were down by nine entering the fourth. Five games. Five games in the books, which means there have been five third quarters. Of those five third quarters, they have scored in the teens four times. This third quarter thing is real. Five games into the season, they can't play in it. I don't know what's happening. Hey, like I said, they're all friends, right? Luke, that, that was the big deal. Dave Yeager didn't get along with the players, allegedly. They, did, they, they weren't able to communicate. Dave Yeager was a bad communicator. Nobody was sad when Dave Yeager left. Well, they in there hanging out? What are they doing? Yo, did y'all see that Joel Embiid fight? Yo, check it out. Is that what they're doing? Like, what's, what's happening at halftime? What a night it was in the NBA. Uh, James Harden went for 59 uh, there were 317 points scored in regulation between the Rockets and 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 the Hornets. Uh, Marcus Thompson is reporting that Steph Curry broke his freaking hand. As if things can't get much worse, 
uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry now has a broken hand. Uh, what else did we have tonight? Uh, we had the fight between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. We had the Washington Nationals winning the World Series. And here we are. We got to talk about the Sacramento Kings and the Charlotte Hornets. We got to talk about a team that was supposed to be contending for a playoff spot. We were talking about a team that was in a loaded Western Conference. And you're thinking, oh, Zion, he's going to miss. He's going to miss oh, 20 to 30 games. Like, okay, that's going to make it really difficult for New Orleans. Oh, maybe, maybe the Sacramento Kings take advantage, man. They can take advantage. And then one game into the season, the Kings lose Marvin Bagley. If you believe the last four games are all about Marvin Bagley, then put that dude in the Hall of Fame right now. If these last four losses are about Marvin Bagley, put him in the Hall of Fame. And you could make an argument that things have been thrown off because of Marvin Bagley's absence, and you'd have a pretty good one. If I hadn't seen the Phoenix game, like if he had gotten hurt, a day before the season started rather than the day the season started, I would have thought, ah, man, I I don't understand why Marvin Bagley makes them run faster. I understand he spreads the floor. I understand there's some nuances to the offense. It's just not really playing out. I, I completely get it. But I saw the game against Phoenix, and it looks exactly like the game against Portland. Nothing looked like the game against Utah. And then we saw some improvement against Denver. Or did we? No. Because remember last year, we would see so often that the Kings would play up and down to their competition. Well, now the Kings are playing up to their competition in the Denver Nuggets, and they're still losing. Again, I I told you a couple of days. Man, there might be some real dangers. If you listen to my daily sports podcast that drops every single day on this podcast platform that you're listening to this one on, I've said before, man, it's dangerous to record these immediately following the game because I'm going to talk about the Sacramento Kings again tomorrow on on my daily podcast. And I'm going to have a different tone because I'm going to sleep on it. But I made the decision, like I told Brewski, I was like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? We'll do do a post-game. We'll do a post-game show. Like, I, I think that'd be good. Kings fans love hearing about their team. Uh, they love hearing about the things that went right, that went wrong. This would be a great idea. First of all, if it's a terrible idea, because I've given up 82 days and nights of my life to watch every single minute of this team's game. Uh, every single minute of this team's games. Hasn't gone well for five of them. But see, come tomorrow morning, I'm going to have a more, a more reserved opinion. My opinion is still going to be that they suck, but I'm going to be able to deliver it in a much different way. Like everybody's upset. The crowd was booing. The Golden One Center was angry. Of course, I'd be angry too. Hey, hey, I, I hope everybody recognizes how hard we're working. Hey, Luke, kiss my ass. It cost me about $250 to get here tonight. And you, you, want, you want to talk to me about how hard you're working. You're out there playing a terrible Charlotte Hornets team. You gave up 118 points to the Charlotte Hornets. They've broken 100 twice. Once was the first game of the season. The other time they scored 101. 99, 95, and 101 are the scores, their scores of the last three games. But hey, they're working hard, guys. They're working hard. And, and, and I guess that's all that mattered. That was the expectation that we had coming into the season. It's like, hey, 0-5, As long as they work hard, that's all we care about. Not even entertained in the losses. 
Like this, it's just sitting. We're just we're all sitting around watching bad basketball, and now I'm doing a podcast talking about bad basketball, and you're listening to a podcast talking about bad basketball. Like, what are we doing with our lives? Oh, so bad, so so bad. Oh, I'm done. I need to sleep this off, man. I also need to stop drinking. I need to stop drinking little little chilled shots of tequila while these games are going on. I think it riles me up a little bit. This was slightly more animated than other podcasts, so my apologies if uh, you weren't prepared for that. My, my my apologies. So if you listen to the daily podcast, you know this, this, this is me. Like, I just, I, I get emotional and react. With the Kings podcast, I tried to make it different. Like, I tried to... I try to deliver information differently and level-headedly just work in my thoughts on the team. Just deliver the news. Be a news guy, so to speak. Yeah, I can't do that now. And I remember thinking, man, Denver, that's tough, that's tough man, but that's, that's a really good team. Phoenix, they're, they're better than we thought they were. The Utah game was always going to be tough. Portland was always going to be tough. But damn it, if they lose to Charlotte at home, man, I think we've got a problem. Well, guess what? They lost to Charlotte at home. They're 0-5, and I think we have a problem. I'll continue this conversation. Again, I'll try to be a little more level-headed, a little more reserved, or I just might be more angry. I really don't know. Either way, uh, if you're not familiar with the podcast with Damian Barling, search the podcast in this very same, and that is the title, by the way. It is the podcast, the podcast with Damian Barling, in this very same podcast platform that you listen to this show on. Again, I apologize. I was so animated today. I don't know. I, I don't know how to spin this. I don't know how to calmly discuss this. I didn't want to believe that the Kings were this bad of a basketball team, but they very much are. And anyone who believes otherwise, please tell me why. Please tell me why you believe that this team isn't bad. Uh, 916-888-5898. You could connect with that number anytime, day or night. 916-888-5898. That is our 24-7 text line. The Kings lose 118-111 to 111 in a very eventful night in the National Basketball Association. We mentioned... Uh, that win there by the Houston Rockets. We mentioned Steph Curry broke his hand. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. And your Sacramento Kings fall to 0-5. And, and we will be back at it again Friday night, immediately following the Utah Jazz and the Sacramento Kings at the Golden 1 Center. Again, thank you so much uh, for downloading, for streaming. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if I didn't upset you too much, we'll see you back here Friday night on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network.